Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. Well, we are looking at a couple of things, mostly central banks in focus. And the Bank of Japan is in action today with a policy meeting. It will be the last one by outgoing governor Haruko Karuda. Will we get any surprises? And elsewhere, rate hike expectations are going up for at least the next Federal Reserve meeting as labor data in the US remains strong and inflation remains elevated. Let's unpack it with Francis Tan. He is the senior investment strategist for UOB. Morning, Francis. How's your Friday going? Hi, good morning. Friday is uh, turning out quite well still. <laughs> so far, so good. That's great to hear, Francis. Now, let's start with what's on the menu, so to speak. You've got a BOJ meeting coming up later this morning. Right. What are we expecting? Because he did give us a few surprises in the past three months at least. Are we in for maybe a mic drop moment? <laughs> this is a hot topic right now in the market. I mean, there's really two schools of thought right now. Some say that he will, he will deliver something huge. Some say that he'll be uh, easing off quietly. I, I think it's the second one. Uh, being the last meeting and uh, paving the road or giving the opportunity for the next uh, incoming governor, I think will be uh, what we are likely to see from uh, Kuroda. He has done uh, quite a little bit of movements over the last couple of months. One of it is to uh, improve, increase the widening the band for the uh, YCC, which is a U-curve control. I think he will not uh, surprise the market by widening it further or bringing it, uh, you know, taking it off entirely. I think uh, all will be up for the next, uh, the incoming governor to to do so. If okay. There is a need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most people are not expecting him to shake the boat before he leaves. We'll <laughs> yes. see if that will be true. Okay, looking at what else we are tracking is what's playing out in the US, where we've got lots of data in the past few weeks pointing cool. to how inflation is still sticky and the market for jobs still quite strong relatively. So what's the reading here? What should we be taking into account as we head into the next two weeks when the FOMC right. meet? Okay, um, I think the market has been a bit too worried about a pretty sticky inflation environment. Uh, come to think about it, we have seen a disinflation and it has been uh, starting since uh, June last year, 2022, uh, being that the highest inflation rate in the U.S. During that time, was around 9.1%. We have come a long way, although the latest number is 6.4%. One important thing to note is that we are not on the way up. Inflation rate is not 9, 10, 11, 12. Mm. Not on the way up. We are on the way down. So from 9.1, we have been through a couple of disinflation rates and now we are at 6.4. The market seems to uh, be be very uneasy anytime. For instance, if the next one is going to be a little bit higher than 0.4, the market is going to be a little bit uneasy. Now, inflation don't trend down or trend up in a straight line. I mean, many things are like that. You don't see stock prices going up in the, in the mm. one direction, right? There's a lot, a lot of waves, ups and downs. So anytime there is a slight pickup, uh, do not worry too much because at the end of the day, for the many of the other indicators that I'm looking at for the US, the Fed tightening since March of last year has a very strong effect in the economy. Uh, over in the CPI basket, 40% of it is in uh, owners-occupied rent. So while in simple terms, it's housing. And many of the housing indicators in the US are softening so much. One of the things that I'm looking tracking right now is the existing home sales. That's gone down to $4 million a month. Now, admitting that $4 million seems huge, but at current rate, the transaction volume in the existing homes right now in the US is even worse than during the peak of the pandemic, which everyone was not even allowed to go out to view homes and things like that. So why is that so? It's, it's really a, a signal that the Fed tightening has 
bite. And uh, currently, the, 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 the monetary condition in the U.S. is pretty tight. So, uh, interestingly, if the market believes that there will be a couple more rate hikes coming up, I think that is going to come down really hard on the overall economic activities. Yeah, so we've got that prospect of Fed tightening um, that you talked about. I'm just wondering how close we are to that scenario because expectations are actually rising for an increase in rates. 50 basis points is what the market's projecting, at least 75% of them based on a CME group watch tool. So it looks like they might be picking up the pace when it comes to rate hikes. What would that mean for the prospects of a recession this year? Is that going to be high? Well, I personally think that the rate hikes uh, may be just uh, 25 basis points going forward. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, of course, if you look at the latest numbers, things seems to be a bit softening as well. The latest jobs uh, labor market data. I think that going forward right now from the steep yield curve inversion that we're seeing from the asset market to all the various economic indicators from the housing market to the labor market, labor market is at an all-time high right now. I mean, unemployment is 3.4%. And many people will be thinking that, whoa, 34 that's great. How can we have a recession? Mm. That is true. We are not in the recession now, but the 3.4% shows that the employers are having a really hard time right now. I mean, if you look at the factors of production, labor and capital, both are seeing the cost of it going so much higher right now compared to just simply a year ago. The cost of capital interest rate is very high. The cost of labor, which is wages, which gains are very high as well. So employers are the barometer. They are the ones who are forward looking into where the economy will be. And many of them, and that includes the conference board, uh, CEO, uh, confidence index, they are all at the all-time low. So they are pointing to, wow, times ahead are not so good. But the employees, the labor market, everyone seems to be parting because of the wage gains. But those are from the past. Going forward, I would like to look more into what the employers are saying. And uh, basically, not just in the US, but pretty much many parts of the world, they are saying that times are going to be a little bit more tough. And the aggregate actions of all of them, tightening their belts, not doing much, not expanding, I think that will potentially cause a recession. I mean, right now, there isn't really a gauge of uh, when, which particular month, we are going to see a recession in half mm. one. But I know that if we're going to split a business cycle into four portions, spring, summer, autumn and winter, we are probably past the peak in autumn right now. And the next phase will have to be winter. Of course, it's anyone's guess when winter will come, but we just need to be defensive and be prepared for it. I think that'll be more wise. All right, I'll Francis Tan. He's the Senior Investment Strategist for UOB. Now, Francis, you talk about how times Mm -hmm. ahead might not be that good. So what would that mean for markets, especially when you look at how we've got layoffs playing out, employees Mm -hmm. or the employers facing yes. pressure to raise wages. How long will these not-so-good times last? How much will that weigh on markets? Well, currently, we are, although we are in winter, the market is still expanding just at a slower pace. I mean, uh, uh, with the World Bank, with the IMF, everyone is expecting a slower growth this year. I think since uh, this economic cycle is a little bit short, I mean, in the past, one economic cycle is around 10 years. From the spring all the way to the winter, that's 10 years, right? From a recession to the next recession. Right now, I think it's going to last around three to four years. And uh, it started back in uh, 2020 during the pandemic. So three to four years probably mean that we will probably likely to see a potential recession by the end of this year or even next year. Um, I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter that much when we are going to see a recession. It matters a lot more that roughly we know where we are right now and what we are going to do into the recession. Uh, In fact, for many investors out there, a recession actually poses a very good opportunity for many because we are going to see EPS being cut. Mm. We're going to see stock prices on the way down. So all these are potential. I mean, our right now... 
our bottom, I mean, support levels for the S&P 500 is around 3,400 to 3,500. Uh, currently, we are seeing some sell-off in the S&P. I think that will continue for the next two to three weeks. So this is um, yeah, pretty much what we'll be looking forward to for, for, for the next, next couple of weeks and months. Yeah, so this is uh, all going to well, be something that will be on the mm. radar for investors in the coming year. So how do you play yes. your cards mm. with the current backdrop? We've got what's right. playing out with the potential recession, high interest rates to come, and of course, all the potential pressure on EPS. Yes, yes. So the potential pressure on the EPS will mean that cyclical stocks may not uh, continue to do well. I think there are a couple of things we can do. Like I mentioned, uh, it doesn't matter when, when, where, where do you get it right, when the recession will be, but it matters what to do now. For now, go for quality. For now, go towards fixed income. We are overweight fixed income. And by fixed income, it ranges from the government bonds to the investment-grade fixed income, investment-grade corporate bonds. So those are okay. Uh, avoid high yields. High yields will suffer quite a bit into a recession because of uh, credit issues. So those are mm. the great things. And interestingly, although the developed markets, the developed world is in the autumn part of this business cycle that started in 2020, uh, on the other hand, there's one big country that's in the early part in spring. And that country is very near to us, is China. Mm. China is late in the reopening game. So what the world has seen over the last one to two years being the strength of the reopening passing through positively to the uh, services economy or the rest of the economy, we are right. We are really going to see that in China this year. So um, we are overweight China right now. I think uh, China is a sweet spot in the, the, the global slowdown right now. They are coming from a, a, a point of uh, a weakness right now. I mean, last year's GDP growth was 3%, uh, but it is strengthening. So China is moving from... Uh, spring to summer. So um, valuation is pretty good right now over in China as well. So that should be, I think, one, 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 one of the good ways to manage the portfolio this year. So fixed income, investment grades, China, emerging markets, and particularly in Asia as well, I think there's a lot of good picks as well. All right, a few good spots and bright spots around the region to look at. Francis Tan, he is the Senior Investment Strategist for UOB. Francis, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you for having me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.